You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hey there, comic fans, and welcome to issue 62 of the Comic Book Informer. We are coming to you on Wednesday, January 25th. As always, I'm Vince, along with Roger. What's up today, buddy? It's Star Wars, but that's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> but just Every Star podcast Wars is about Star Wars. Awesomeness, yes. <laughs> but I digress. No, this is great because we're finally getting to talk about Batman, too. Dude, I, I've been wanting to talk about this like quite seriously for a while now. It was just, it was hard to like just find a point because like every issue has ended with that cliffhanger. <laughs> like, and this I is think... <laughs> this really isn't the episode to talk about it either. There's still it's yeah. not done yet. It's just oh my god. <laughs> well, oh god, what was it? Three or so months ago, we did that big new fifty two episode, and I don't know about you, but I really needed a break from DC for a while after that. That's why uh, in between we've been talking about a lot of Marvel and some other stuff because. I, I needed a sanity break. <laughs> well, it's not just that; is there are a lot of phenomenal titles elsewhere, and and in a lot of cases they are much better as well, with mm-hmm. the, a few rare exceptions on DC's New Fifty Two side. So, I mean, we put on hold some pretty awesome mini story arcs that were going on just so that we can talk about the Fifty Two, but. Yeah, and it's it's the thing, especially with DC, it's so hard to talk about it because. Every single comic is still pretty much in their opening storyline. Like very, very few comics where, and they they've reached even a partial resolution to to a story thus far. So it it, it is difficult to talk about them at this point. But I think we got enough going on with these two today that uh, we can put some good stuff in here. Oh, definitely. All right. So we're of course starting off with the Batman, and uh, written by Scott Snyder. We talked about it uh, previously as. One of, if not the best of the New 52 titles. Uh, that's still somewhat in question for me, but I, I think it's oh. still ha- hang, hanging strong at your number one, right? It, without a doubt. It is, without a doubt, the best going uh, strong right now. And I would put it not just a little ahead of the competition now, but point blank, quite far ahead. And and that's even ahead of Flash, which I've been so digging. This is just after issue five. Oh my God. It's just... I I was reading it, and I don't know why. It's not like I've been watching any kind of weird surfer movies lately or anything like that, but I had this dude image of how would you describe Batman, the new, if, you know, somebody asked, and it was like, like, like I read issue one, it was like, whoa, and then I read two, three, and four, and it was like, whoa, and then I read five, and it was like, whoa. <laughs> that was, that's what five was. It was, I'm reading it, I'm going like, Whoa, this is awesome. <laughs> That's yeah, because it has just gotten better and better with each issue. Well, not just uh, not just even a little better. Yeah. I I feel that and I've been keeping up with all the Batman titles now. Um I'm sorry. The you know what, dude? Actually I and we're not gonna talk about the Dark Knight, but I'm thinking right now that the Dark Knight has actually been better than our other title we're gonna talk about. So which I really have not been enjoying that much. But but anyways, with the, with this issue of Batman, it was like we've always seen good Batman titles, or I shouldn't say titles, but issues throughout the various titles where they make use of 
not just the action and things like that, but the emotional turmoil, the the psychological angst of that character and the villains and things like that. And this was just that kind of psychological, emotional roller coaster ride, which was a blast to be on. And and like it's that's like raising your hand, going woo! It was that much fun. I loved it that much. Yeah, I mean, so many Batman stories. Okay, you have the villain, you have you know the detective work. This just has so much depth to it, not just for Bruce himself, but I'm absolutely loving how much they're bringing Gotham back into Batman yep. with uh, his was a granddad, Alan Wayne or great granddad who, you know, built Gotham lit- pretty much literally the, the court of owls, this, you know, secret society behind Gotham City. Like the, that issue, I think it was issue three where he was going around and actually investigating uh, the, the owls and finding all the little hidden uh, meeting places and even issue was it two the what with the gargoyles where he was just yeah, talking about yeah. the history of Gotham. yeah that was made a win and then the, oh. the the four as well where he's the kid who's investigating them mm-hmm. everything has been cool now the thing that i especially like too is that this has been a secret society that's not just freaking lame how many secret societies you see in all manner of different comic strips where they try to make it into such a big deal and it's just like uh you guys are freaking lame and yet this was like for you you guys are awesome do you have a t-shirt or something i can buy because <laughs> i would so do it give me a ball cap with your logo on it it was that made of win because they're so in the shadows like they really haven't done much of anything but just the menace that they represent and all the the symbology behind it with um symbology yeah we're does- making up words yeah, sure. Okay. Symbolism, too. There you go. <laughs> like when uh, Bruce was talking about how he found the owl in the attic after his parents died. And it, it's just, it all comes together. And yes. Even as a reader, we're wondering if it's true or if this is just Bruce's, you know, flights of fancy and making connections that aren't quite there because he wants to explain that. And it, oh, my God. It's... I, I hope it is there, not just because uh, of how interesting it is, not just because of the reach that it's going to have in Gotham's history because of the influences that they've had throughout all of those those years, decades, century, however long it's going to be, but also because it actually makes Bruce's detective work or Batman's detective work fallible his theory is i've already investigated them there's no such thing so if it comes to the point where yes they are an actual society then that detective work is fallible now granted it's the detective work of a young man not even man actually at that point and they may blame it on that but from that issue issue four where he's saying no i investigated he has as much faith in himself as a young man because he continued to check in on different clues and things like that over the years but still it would it would mean that you know yes he's the world's greatest detective but he still doesn't know everything about that city Mm -hmm. and just because over the years we've seen so many half-cocked explanations and you know writers trying to make something you know make themselves you know, a big deal by, oh, this is why Bruce's parents were killed. This is the person that did it. And to my knowledge, every single time has been retconned out, like, because it's just been terrible. This is one that I think would really fit and really expand on Batman. Yeah. Yeah. And no, then, it's, it's, yeah. 
we get to that fifth issue, which is a mind trip and a half where Batman is stuck in this labyrinth. And it's one of these issues that because as you're reading it, the actual pages are turning. You have to sometimes read the comic upside down. And it's one of the things that a lot of people uh, now that digital is becoming a big thing haven't quite gotten, because if you don't have the rotation lock turned on, <laughs> you don't get it. <laughs> So I was reading there's this huge thing and people were upset that, you know, they can't read the comic. And, you know, the, the print version was so much better than the digital version and because they didn't have the rotation lock turned on. So it was automatically orienting all the pages for them. But you, the, the actual comic is twisting around as you're reading it. And you're you're just as lost reading the comic as Batman is in the labyrinth. Like I was even some people were talking about like they were turning the pages in the wrong direction at some points because they didn't remember where the hell they were in the story. Yeah, it is very much it it actually it kind of transcends the two dimensional at that point and it really involves you in what is going on right now in his head and it, it is a very nice mechanic that they put in there you know that a lot of times when they try flaky stuff like this i'm not for it like when you have different art styles when they're mm -hmm. going back in time or whatever that kind of stuff it, it, often i find find it falls flat on its face this did not it, it actually really it's like a good video game that has a good implementation of rumble or movement support or something like that it's something that it would it kind of changed the dynamic of the comic book so it was no longer just a two-dimensional thing and i i really dug it i loved it and just aside from that we had the the beginning and the ending with the bat signal oh, where dude. you know batman's oh. been lost for a week and gordon refuses to turn off the bat signal because it's you know it's this symbol of hope and reminder this and that and like okay we've seen that before but I got to say, Damien kind of stole this one on that at the end. <laughs> Especially considering how I've been feeling about him lately. And that little scene was like, started off bad and then was like, my God, is there hope for you yet, child? <laughs> <laughs> so I, top to bottom, I, I still can't confirm that it's number one, but I'm putting it in my top two at the very least. If you're reading DC, you better be reading Batman. I, again, miles away from the competition, in my opinion, right now for DC. Okay, well, the other one I wanted to talk about was actually Batman and Robin, because we've been up and down and back and forth on this book. Not even in the top one. ten. <laughs> I have to say, though, it I've gotten more into it with each issue, because I, I can't even quite put my finger on it, but I like what they're doing with Damien. Now, the execution might not be there, but I'm liking his story path, and it, it, it kind of ties into the Star Wars. Hey, we're talking about Star Wars today. <laughs> Screw it. <laughs> How, you know, he's kind of being led to the dark side by this mysterious force. So I, I, I don't know if they're kind of playing a little loose with the whole Batman origin, but hey, continuity doesn't matter anymore. So they're just kind of throwing some stuff in there, uh, talking about Bruce's past and his training. I I hate Damien less now than I did a couple months ago. <laughs> I still feel the same about him. I when it's not being a spoiled little brat, it's being an emo spoiled little brat drawing pictures <laughs> of heads with axes through them and you're going, Oh come on, buddy. Really? It's that's just emo teenage I'll bleep that out. And it's I and and it, maybe it's my personality that you know I don't suffer fools well and 
when my kids have had that kind of thing has been like, go deal with this. Like if it's serious, we'll talk about it. But if you're just going to be an emotional wreck, we've all been there. Go do it somewhere else where I don't have to see it. And so I just, I don't have the patience for that kind of stupidity. I don't want to read that in comic books. I understand it's out there. I understand that, you know, there's a lot of people who have problems with their kids and he sure as hell does based on the kids, you know, pedigree. But I don't know. It just comes off as as petty and stupid and very childish. And it's like, eh, I, I really don't need that in my Batman titles. Mm-hmm. I, I do like the character of Ducard, though. Um, we've it, It's been a subject of discussion for a long time of, you know, should Batman kill? And you, you wrote a fantastic article about this uh, way back when. Like last year, way back. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> hey, when you do things on a weekly basis, a year goes a long time. It's a long time. time. It is. <laughs> and he is that murderous version of Batman, the the one who does, you know, give final justice to the criminals. And I like his interactions with Damien because he brings up so many of those things that have just kind of come up every now and then. Like when he rips off Damien's cape, he's like, you don't need this anymore. You're not here to be a distraction because it's been put forth by several people over the years that. Batman doesn't want a partner. He just wants somebody in a bright outfit to draw fire. <laughs> and I like that they're bringing that up here. And I know I like I think the villain is kind of what has drawn me into this story more so than Bruce, more so than Damien. And Alfred's just awesome, though. <laughs> and even Damien says, you know, I don't care about Bruce. Uh, Pennyworth was more of a father to me than he ever was. So the villain is kind of what's selling me on this story. See, I found that a little cliche too. Really, the the butler is the one that I spent more time with because my rich daddy was busy with business, or in this case, other criminals and things like that. That was like, eh, kind of cliche. It's, it's it didn't mean nearly that much to me. Which isn't to take away from Alfred, because quite literally in every Batman title, he is fantastic. But that's always been the case. The character is just a phenomenal character. So. They, it's pretty easy to write him good. So again, there's there's not much redeeming factor to the the individual issues or even the the story arc as a whole either. I really just have been very ambivalent towards it. Well, I think a lot of it, what is it for me is I've in one way or another given up on all of the other Batman titles. Gave up on Batgirl. Uh, Nightwing, you said you you were liking it. I don't know. It just wasn't drawing me in. Okay, personally. I'm not. I I never. Maybe I was a little enthusiastic. I never meant to say that it's awesome or fantastic. Just that again, on that sliding DC fifty two mm-hmm. curve, it's pretty good. So I I've been enjoying it, but it certainly isn't a title that I'd be telling people, oh, you have to read this. No, not by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. And it is very much up and down with that title as well. Uh, Batwing, not for me. Batwoman, not for me. And then you have uh, Detective Comics and The Dark Knight, which I just hated those two. So uh, for me, the Batman and Robin is that other aspect of the Batman universe that I kind of need uh, to balance out the, the the amazing like psychological parts that we're getting in Batman. I think I need something that's a little more shallow if you will, to kind of just balance out the Batman universe for me. That's I'm, I'm not saying it's great. I'm not saying it's good, but I am enjoying it. I would be, it's again, for, for me, okay. The, the, the storyline right now as it's going, 
I'm ambivalent towards it, like I said, which doesn't mean that I'm hating it. It's just that it's not really doing much for me. It's the characters. It is point blank. The characters aren't engaging. The characters, I don't think, are interacting well together. There's just there's a problem with the writing of the characters right now. If that could be nailed down, then that would certainly help the story and help the comic as a whole as well. That, to me, is the the bottleneck. Uh, I'm hoping... Snyder uh, over on Batman as kind of like the lead writer and on the Batman uh, franchise, if you will. I'm hoping what he's doing with Damien kind of sets the tone for what the other writers are going to do with him. Like it, if Tomasi's Damien can reach that point we saw on that one single page uh, of Snyder's Damien, I would really be behind this. And and it's not be- like the character isn't easy to write. Damien is not an easy character character to write without falling into stereotypes of what a character like that should be a child like that should be and that's that's all it is he's he's just a freaking bottle full of stereotypes waiting to explode so if they can strip some of that away instead and make him his own character versus being what you know you would expect this character to be i think that the character could really go far and Point blank, they have to make him someone that people can care about, that people want to care about, that people want to see redeemed. And when it's a sniveling, snot-nosed brat, you can't feel that. Mm-hmm. So that means that you have to draw him differently. You not draw, you have to write him differently. He has to be a character that you can that everyone can relate to that that we want him to succeed in all of those things so i mean it's no easy task i can appreciate that but that's the job of the writer as a comic writer it's your job try to come up with something original for the character try to make him someone that we can relate to that we want to see succeed to to want to see change around and unfortunately that's just not what i'm seeing I think it's one of those unfortunate tragedies of the relaunch because the same exact writer on the same exact comic before the relaunch was doing what I felt was great stuff. Uh, Batman and Robin was my favorite of the Batman books before the relaunch. Uh, Of course, after Morrison got his paws off of it and Tomasi took over because you had that entirely different dynamic because it was Damien and Dick and it just worked for me. And then they even threw Jason Todd in there for a few issues just – for absolute chaos and fun. And it it seems like he's not quite getting the Damien-Bruce relationship right in the same way he did the Damien-Dick relationship because they should be two different relationships, but it's just not clicking quite as much as it was before. No, not at all. I agree. Now, I, since you brought it up, I, I do have to know, what are you liking about The Dark Knight? I'm liking the interaction that we're seeing. I'm I'm liking where the story is going with how, like in, in the last one, he he's uh, working on what's going on with uh, Poison Ivy and things like that. I'm liking how they're bringing in what's going on with the Justice League into here as well, which is... I like those little cameos that are appearing kind of thing. I still don't... The, the freaking bunny chick is still not doing it for me. Uh, she's I, still I, there? Yes, she is. Um, but I, I'm still... I'm kind of digging. And, and Deathstroke showing up was kind of fun. I mean, okay. a freaking fight between Deathstroke and Batman... Kind of fun, kind of fun, especially because that's what I'm going to be talking about and what we've been reading. I've been getting caught up on Deathstroke. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm enjoying it more now. If they could just lose the freaking... 
bunny chick, I'd be <laughs> I'd be enjoying it even more. It's just a lot more action, a lot more fun. Like in the same way that you're talking about, you're not looking for something. You need a title that's not um, quite as emotion emotionally vested and things like that. You just want a good action Batman, maybe. Well, I'm seeing more of that now in um, the Dark Knight. With more, again, that those this I really like tie-in stuff. I always have. I think everybody does. Mm-hmm. So give me some tie-ins to the Justice League, even if it's only a little bit of stuff, especially considering the fact that that group is only just starting up as well kind of thing, that, that, that series. So I want to see more of that. So just get rid of Fluffy Tail. If you can do that <laughs> for me, I'll be happy. Because I I hated that first issue, though. Oh, yeah, so did I. Dude, no, no, you don't have to convince me. Go back okay. and listen to the episode. I okay. did not I like it. I to make sure I was remembering correctly. No, 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 no. I did not like it. I was not right. crazy about it. But, I mean, the uh, it, it has gotten better. So, and that's saying a lot. I really, I didn't want to completely write it off. And so, and I came close. Because there were, uh, even I think two I wasn't crazy about either. But it kind of started getting a little marginally better. And four was actually not bad. I mean, when you got Alfred bringing Batman a freaking ice cream cone. And they're licking ice cream cones for a couple of pages. It was, come on. (laughs) Like, Alfred's got a little pink ice cream cone that he's munching on. (laughs) It's freaking awesome. So, I I, I kind of enjoyed it more. So in the same way that, um, again, just for the fun, more action-packed kind of story, but it, sh- it doesn't even come close to Batman, but it's actually, I I liked it. All right, I'll buy that. Not, not actually buy it, but I'll buy your explanation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to what we're reading, and... I want to talk, I've brought this up a few times, but I want to talk again about Irredeemable and Incorruptible, the uh, two series that Mark Wade is working on over at Boom Studios. And at this point, it's a combined like 60 issues between the two. I really have to hand it to him, though. It took about three years of the the, the franchise he has going on here. Um, the first year was just Irredeemable, and the second year he started up Incorruptible and started doing the two stories in parallel. But he waited until just a month or two ago to finally cross over the two. They've existed in the same universe. They've touched on some of the same same story points. But the two characters never showed up at each other's comic until just recently. Uh, over the last couple months, it's been a full crossover between the two. Not just explaining the origins of the characters, because any comic can do that, but explaining how integral the two characters were in the formation of each other. Uh, the Plutonian would not exist in his current form without Max's influence. And same thing, there would not be a Max damage without things that Plutonian had done in his life. So I just really love how they're tying these two together, not just from a story standpoint, but from a character standpoint and from an emotional standpoint. It's really, really good. Uh, it, for a while there, it kind of just devolved into big stuff going on and action stuff. They kind of had to move a couple pieces off the board to drive a couple of the other characters' stories forward. Still good, still very fun. But now that we're getting into the meat of it, I think Wade has said there's only another year or so of story that he has planned for these two comics before he's done with it. And from where they're taking it now, I'm really enjoying it. You know what? It's actually a series, both of them. They're still on my pull list, but I still haven't read any of them. 
which I know is sad. I know the they're great. <laughs> I know, I know, I got it. It's just, it's like, I just, there's only so much time in a day is what it boils down to. I, I have so many like collected editions that are sitting there that I have not even looked at yet. <laughs> yeah. So sad, but true. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, what have you got this week? Okay. Well, staying with the DC, I thought I'd touch on uh, Deathstroke and Aquaman. Actually, I'll touch on Aquaman first, just to, they, they had the big story arcs with the big freaking fish dudes down there. And it was, I, you know, I, I know he's trying so hard to make it so that people don't think Aquaman is a dork. But <laughs> too bad he, he is. He, he kind of is. <laughs> and then the stories always have to be in the water for the most part. And there's only so many fish stories that you once Nemo finding Nemo has been done. Everything else has been downhill. And then when you got really, really cliched stuff like the kid going up to him, pulling on the shirt sleeve. Aquaman, you you're a favorite superhero. Oh, come on. <laughs> you did not just do that. You did not do that. Oh, so it was... When you toss that into it as well, it's basically Jeff saying, like, come on, buy my comic. It's cool. It's good. Look at the, even the people in the comic are saying it's good. Really? That's what you're going with? So I just, I, 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 I'm, I think I'm at the point where I actually have given up on this one now. Oh. And it's sad because I was really looking forward to this after what he did with Aquaman and Brightest Day. Yeah, I I would have loved to have seen a continuation of that story, and it's just it's lost now. It's oh hell no, that's not going to show up now. Yeah, it's it's too bad because again, it is one of those where um, I I would have liked to have seen far better from him for this, and I think that the potential was there that they could have done that, but we're never going to see that. I mean, really, it's again when you're when you're resorting to the people in the comic books having to try to convince the reader that Aquaman is cool, you're doing it wrong. You're just not writing a good story. So, and I think that yes, it's it's a it's supposed to be around what's going on in the sea and stuff like that. I get that. And they're going to be doing a big thing with Atlantis, which was just a matter of freaking time. I mean, it's like, oh, there's an Aquaman series. You got to talk about Atlantis. You know what? Like, get him somewhere else. Get him doing something else. There can be water around him, but just find something else. It's no, just no, stick him in the middle of the Mojave. Yeah, really. <laughs> if, if you can pull that off, then he's a cool superhero. Yeah, there's a there's there's a well somewhere. Timmy, find it. So that's again. I I, I feel like I've pretty much given up on it. And then I got caught up on Deathstroke. I was only a couple of issues behind, so I I got caught up on that. And I like how they're tying in a lot of the series that are being canceled, kind of little tie-ins here and there. So the stuff with the Blackhawks in there, and. It was all right. It wasn't phenomenal by any stretch of the imagination, but it wasn't bad. It was it was okay. Again, on the new 52 curve, somewhere in the middle. I, I'm still uh, a few issues behind on Deathstroke. Uh, I, I, I will say I do like how they're just being completely unapologetic that there's no redeeming value here. <laughs> there's, oh, yeah. There's not going to be a t- deep story. You know, you're not supposed to like Deathstroke. You're just along for the ride. You're going to see some explosions and some sword fights and some pretty crazy stuff going on. And it's just it's your summer blockbuster. There's nothing more to it. But I I, I do like that they were just like, you know what? Screw it. This is a pure action comic. And I, I would be all right with that. But even when you do that, the reader still has to be able to relate to the characters that are there. 
there has to be something that we can see that is either redeeming or relatable or something. Otherwise, it's just it's just a story about someone. And it can't just be a story about someone because, again, it has to be something that moves you enough that you want to keep reading about this someone. And I just don't feel that's in there. I just there I know that there's hints of it, especially now with the the hinting at the sun and things like that, but it's still not enough to make me really want to keep reading this one either. So yeah, don't worry, not that it matters. Months, only a couple months till yeah. Lee Felt takes over. <laughs> so but yeah that's that's that. Okay. Well, we're going to move into our new releases for the week. And after last week, it's nice to see a small list. <laughs> On Marvel, we have uh, both Fantastic Four 602 and FF number 14. Secret Avengers number 21.1. There's that stupid decimal point again, but this is Reminder's first issue. So as far as I'm concerned, it's a must read. X-Men Legacy number 261, and a couple of good collected editions. We have Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine trade paperback. Do it. If you, pass, if you passed on it in single <laughs> issues and you passed on it in hardcover. Get, You're fired. Yeah. Get, uh, get out. <laughs> this, is, this is your last chance to redeem yourself. <laughs> right, really? And then uh, Wolverine, the Wolverine versus the X-Men uh, collection, which was issues, I think, five through eight of that comic, which uh, we both really enjoyed. That was the one... Uh, where he was fighting the X-Men in the real world and yet had to be having his own personal battle inside his mind. That was so far the highlight of uh, Wolverine over the last year or so. Yeah, definitely. And DC, <laughs> Aquaman number five. <laughs> Not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, also, fifth issues for Flash, Green Lantern, New Guardians, and Justice League. And just to put it out there, yes, Justice League is officially the first late comic of the New 52, but uh, cut him some slack. Jim Lee just had a new baby born, so uh, we'll allow it. It's only a week late. Uh, also, we've got Uncharted number three and Batman Beyond Industrial Revolution trade paperback. That is the collection of the eight issues they put out before the New 52 relaunch most of that was good. Not all of it, but most of it was good. Mm -hmm. And to round out, uh, from Boom Studios, we have Incorruptible number 26, as well as Volume 8 of Irredeemable. Hey, look at that. Just talking about that. From IDW, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 6. Boy. If you listened last week, we love it. And Transformers Robots in Disguise number 1, uh, which is the other ongoing Transformers title they're putting out. I actually did kind of like... Um, more than meets the eye. Uh, between the two, I think the, the first one is the one I'll be more interested in just by nature of the story, but yeah, whatever, it's freaking Transformers. <laughs> and from Image, we have Walking Dead number 93 and a dog. You had to say something. I was going to cut <laughs> it out. <laughs> I know. I couldn't resist. Uh, <laughs> so that wraps us up here at Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CB Informer. If you stop by on iTunes, we would appreciate some great reviews or some bad reviews if you know you don't like us and you're a terrible human being. But great reviews would be even better. <laughs> and, of course, we'll see everybody next week. 